You're listening to the ESP, the European Skeptics Podcast, an independent weekly show in support of European level actions within the skeptical movement. The ESP is run by individuals representing different skeptical groups from across the continent. This is episode 143. I'm your host, Andres Pinter, and joining me for the show is my co host, Pontus Buckman, and our guest host, Claire Klingenberg. Brian Ego and our very last minute guest host, Jay Novella. See us, though. Hey, son, hey, son. All right, trips. Nobody didn't. <laughs> and you're a greeting. Your cat's phrase. Hi. Yo. <laughs> <laughs> That'll do. That'll do. Can we have that in a British accent, please? <laughs> Yo. <laughs> I, I, I would have thought it would probably be more along the lines of that um, David Attenborough-like sound, but can you try that? Well, how did, what did you say? Uh, hello! Oh. <laughs> <laughs> there is something about like the, the older guy British accent. Yeah, yeah. You have to weave in a little self-loathing. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> hello! Right. Yeah. All right, so <laughs> welcome everyone. Uh, welcome to everyone uh, here at QED. Uh, I'm hoping you're having a brilliant time. And I have to share with you this secret that this is the very first live recording of the European Skeptics Podcast. So thank you very much for coming along. And goodbye. Oh, no, no, not that bad yet. So we unfortunately cannot have Yelena, our usual co-host here, because uh, she is otherwise occupied. But uh, I'm very glad that Claire and uh, Brian uh, agreed to, to come and join us for today. And last minute, we had um, uh, Jane Novella as well. And thank you very much. I'm, I'm pretty sure that you are quite busy uh, here this weekend, and you still made the time to, to, to join us. Thank you very much for that. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Yeah, been signing books most of the time, Jay. Got a bit of a sore hand going on there, or I do. I, have, I do have a bandage. I'm left-handed, so my whole life, like writing in books, I smudged everything, and my my pinky always gets like a beating if I write a lot. But you know, the thing is, I figured out why I had a blowout. It's because I don't write anymore. Yeah, I type. Yeah, my my fingers don't touch pages anymore. So. Yeah, that's right. Okay, for, before we go on and move on to the regular segments, I'd like to ask our panelists, uh, so to speak, to say something about what's going on in your countries, because we are representing five different countries here, which is, I think, amazing. Uh, but we are European, uh, apart from this uh, guy at the end. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> well, I do live in New England. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There you go. The colonies count. Yeah. Yeah. So first of all, I don't exactly. <laughs> so first of all, I don't know if uh, everyone is aware, but uh, Brian, you are uh, chief organizer of Glasgow Skeptics. I am the evil overlord of Glasgow Skeptics. Yeah. So if anybody's ever north of the border on a Monday night, we've always got something going on. So um, come check us out if you can. And Claire, I am the president of, your, of the European Council of Skeptic Organizations, but I'm also involved in my local national Czech skeptic group. Sisyphus, we absolutely love that name. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and uh, a cool new thing that's happening in our country is that the Prime Minister is taking homeopathy against injustice. So that was the first um, against being um, and against false allegations of corruption. It's not working. <laughs> Are we going to start invoking prime ministers here? Because that's that's not going to end well. Oh, sorry, no, 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 no. That's okay. the problem. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> 
Well, you did ask about like updates, so that's kind of a wooey yeah, update. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay. Pontus? Yeah, well, I'm the president of the Swedish Skeptics and... Uh, Newly appointed president. Can we have a golf clap for Pontus, please? I wasn't even elected. It was just that the old guy didn't want to do it anymore, so I had to step up. <laughs> so much for democracy in Sweden. Yeah, I did. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, QED is fantastic. I've had a blast this weekend. I don't know how we'll survive next year, but uh, they say they record this, so and also on camera, so I will watch film <laughs> all next year to, to cop with chocolate ice cream and cry yes yes <laughs> exactly and also pontus is uh, um, on the board of uh, the european council skeptical organizations as well yeah yeah, uh, that, yeah that's right claire is my boss in that <laughs> oh yeah 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 not mine because i'm only an associate member yeah. <laughs> board so member. i'm just your associate boss yeah I'm, yeah 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 uh but i'm andres pinter uh if, if you don't know me uh i'm a vice president of the hungarian skeptics uh society and uh, I'm afraid I was that idiot who came up with the idea of, of, of doing yet another skeptical podcast here. But uh, the reason why we did this was uh, that we wanted to give everyone an opportunity to learn more about what's going on in Europe. Because uh, mostly thanks to the, the, the Skeptics Guide to the Universe and podcasts from the UK, uh, we know a lot about what's going on in the skeptic movement in the United States. Also in Australia, thanks to the Skeptic Zone and Richard Saunders, uh, and in the UK. But mostly we have no freaking idea as to what others are doing in other European countries where English is not the, lang the, the, the first language to, uh, for people to speak. So we wanted to act as a hub, as a, as a bit of a um, um, source of information for, for people out there. And uh, if you could uh, spread the word, that would be very, very helpful because we want to reach as many people across Europe as possible. Uh, funnily, we, the, the, the greatest listener base we have is in the United States <laughs> so, and the UK. So we would like to not change that in a way that we don't want to get rid of our listeners in the US and the UK uh, and Sweden, for that matter, because that's third, I think, on the list. Uh, but we would like to expand as much as possible to other countries. But before we go on, we missed um, your, yeah. your round about what's new. Oh, I thought it was really obvious. Like, <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm not kidding. Let's say mean, it again. You guys know what's going on in the US. I mean, we have a massive problem with the government and with the leadership. Um, and I don't, we usually don't get into political stuff on the SGU. Only we're across the swords with science. But you know, in my personal opinion, we have a lunatic driving the, v the car. Yeah. Um, and we're fighting back fake news, which is you know, coming from inside and outside of our country. It's bad. We're in bad shape right now. And people, I was telling you guys this the other night, we're divided in the U.S. I mean, we yeah. have, we have you know, people that are for Trump, which I think I don't understand. I don't get it. It doesn't make any sense to me. And the people that are against Trump, you know, we're trying to figure out what to do. And you know, the only thing we could do is vote at this point and try to educate anybody that's willing to listen about why you know, Trump is, is damaging everything from our society to our economy to you know, anything in between. He's, he's stripping science out of everything in the country. It's horrific. Yeah. So not to end on a down note, but the good note is the pendulum has swung pretty much as far as it can go to yeah. the right, and we've got to you know, catch it when it comes back to the left and do something smart with it. Yeah. But very similar things are happening here in Europe as yeah. well. I mean, yeah. we've never had the kind of right wing, or I don't even know if it's right wing, it's just nutcase wing yeah. uh, <laughs> parties coming up in all, all, all countries, even in Sweden, which has, well, for a long time I thought we were bad, we were pretty sane up there, but 
<laughs> Obviously not. I yeah. love that the leader of the um, alt-right movement, which is incredibly racist in the Republic, is a guy who's half Korean, half Japanese, and and he's lived in the Republic his whole life. And I, I you know, but he has like this racist agenda that Czech Republic should only be for Czech people. And his followers <laughs> are following him without question. And I mean, sure, you know, I don't care about the ethnicity, but if you're gonna say, oh, white, and then you're not, it's kind of weird. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> our, our prime minister speaks out often and and uh, very vehemently um, against um, the the former Soviet uh, Union and uh, the Soviet occupation and the the communists and. Um, the exact thing that he speaks out uh, out against is what he does uh, right now. And when people ask me if if they are a, a right wing government, uh, uh, the the only explanation I can give, and the closest I can uh, the comparison I can make to them, is that they are national socialists. So, which is the. We know from it from from history that it is the most terrible kind, yeah. um, and and yet they they have absolute power in the country, and it is happening all across the the, the map in Europe, and uh, it's it's very sad and and worrisome to see that. That is sad to hear because thankfully in the UK everything's fine, oh, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> no, do you want to come and live here? I mean, you're not allowed, but. <laughs> You can try. On, on a positive Fine. note, uh, we should be happy that the Romanian um, Romanian referendum got boycotted. Yeah. The one that was trying yeah. to uh, put it a pla into placement. Yeah, ending, yeah. Uh, putting in, con in the constitution uh, laws that would prevent uh, gay marriage from ever, ever happening. Yeah. So From ever happening? Yeah. Like they yeah. can actually pass a law that says unilaterally it will not happen in the future. Yeah, because yeah, if yeah if double, double, thank you, promise. Yeah, no no takebacks, yeah. none of that. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, they actually, the, the local government uh, lowered like a week before the referendum started um, the needed, uh, needed quorum from 50% to 30 and uh, so what they did on Sunday morning for the, on the referendum, there were like priests leading their people from their church to the voting polls to vote. And so it jumped up like 7%, but in the end, fortunately, did not make it to 30. So. Never been happier to have such a low voter turnout. It was wonderful. <laughs> so do, and do you guys think the, you know, I think about this all the time, like what, what's the problem? Like how far back can we go? I don't mean in time, but how far yeah. can we go to say, what's the source of the problem? And I, I think one of the obvious answers is there typically isn't a good person to vote for. Right? We're, in the U.S., it's all extremist. You know, we don't have the middle represented, really, even though most people are in the middle. Yeah. We just have the left wing and the right wing. I mean, are you seeing the same thing in Europe? Is it that? More and more, yeah. yeah. That's why we have to get scientists to... Exactly, yes, yeah. and skeptics. This is something I bang on and on and on about at every, on every episode, uh, that we need skeptics and scientists in politics. Please yeah. get into politics. Please try to run for, for a seat in parliament. I, I did. Uh, it was a massive failure. But, uh, <laughs> well, at least you tried. But at least I tried. But then I realized that we have to make one step back yeah. because we are not ready in Hungary. We are not ready yet. Um, to to go on a into a political arena because uh, we need to uh, to build the foundations of it, and that's education. But when education is controlled by the current government, yeah. that is not an easy task, uh, I should say. But yeah, this is and I was very happy when on the on the private show on uh, what is it was it Friday on night? Uh, Friday night, yeah. you did mention that yeah. how important it is 
to, for, for people to go into politics who, who think skeptically, yeah. who think who, who, who are knowledgeable about science, that is extremely important because otherwise we won't have people to vote for. But moving on, we have Oh my god. <laughs> I thought yeah. I thought this would be awful, but but the extent of it, the extent of it so was still surprising. It stays. Okay. It stays. You're actually really good on that. Yeah, because I tried it, and you don't want to hear that. <laughs> Claire doesn't know which end to blow into. So, but that indicates that we are moving on to our next segment. But wait, before we do that, I'd like to ask a volunteer to help us out uh, with uh, handing some stuff out to the audience. Uh, and please don't consider this bribery. Yeah, accusations um, on Twitter of us bribing yeah. uh, people into this room are both hurtful and wrong, okay? <laughs> Hayley Stevens, if you're listening, right? <laughs> so, this, this is an important experiment we're doing to figure out, this is the clash of the confectioner, all right? So each of us, or not Jay, sorry, um, <laughs> Each of the four of us brought something from our own country for you guys to sample. So there's this beautiful, beautiful um, Scottish shortbread from me. Can I, can I have one of those? Yeah, 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 careful what you ask for. So, yeah. I, I don't think... Yeah. No, 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 you... you. Oh, go ahead, yeah. All right, but don't so, eat it yet. Let everyone try it first. Yeah. Because I saw these, I'm like, damn, those look good. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Okay, and Andres, what have you got? What did you bring? Uh, I'm not going to say. Uh, I see. See if we, you can find out which one is the, hung, the the one from Hungary, based on what I just told you <laughs> about my country. On, 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 yeah. Right. <laughs> no. That was not it. That's not it. No, the clue is racism. <laughs> yes, it is. Are um, you introducing your cookies? No. Um, and Pontus, what did you bring? I, I just brought the most disgusting candy that I could find that Swedes love. Uh, don't try it. Laker roll? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they, it's the small ones, the, the black ones without. No, not that one. No. The, the other without. Uh, they don't even have wrappers. Don't touch them. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> You're supposed to be. You, you were scaring me. You didn't believe me, right? Deborah, if you're going to spew, could you do it in the middle on camera, please? It would be really Deborah, good for it, us is, to catch is that. Is it really that bad? I'd like to point out, I have eaten a badger. <laughs> wow. That's the best. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. So, this is how much Pontus loves all of you. That, yeah, uh, right. that, that He's trying from... to poison our audience. Yeah, nice. <laughs> Uh, nice. So, if anyone wants to try something, uh, we'd like to ask uh, Deborah to, to, to help yeah, out. Just, yeah, just I want to introduce my cookies. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do it in the meantime. Yeah. So, um, the ones for me are the circle ones in the aluminium wrapper. There are six different kinds. It's chocolate covered uh, cookies. You have ones with coconut, hazelnut, uh, and the ones with the devil on the, on top are with extra chocolate because it's uh, St. Nicholas season. So, yeah, enjoy. I'm not trying to win this at all. <laughs> if yeah. anybody managed to swallow one of the Swedish ones, they'll get a kazoo as an extra. <laughs> the, the one that's coming out of uh, Pontus's mouth right away. Yeah, no, not this one. Oh, yeah, okay. we, have a, we have an unused so, one. Pontus, you don't, you don't like the candy you just, just give that no. to them. They can pass it around themselves, all right? No. no. So, guys, yeah, try. <laughs> feel free to try yeah, one of each, okay? Yeah, yeah. This is extremely yeah, yeah. salty. Okay. And. Please let me know if you have uh, a guess as to which one is from Hungary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that one, what, what does he say? 
Negro. No. no. It says he cannot do that. Um, That's his word, not your word. You can't actually, say that. Actually, I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna repeat that. Um, <laughs> for fear you are, of being, you being accused uh, <laughs> uh, of racism. So no, it's it's called negro. Negro. Negro oh, uh, that is very different in Hungary. <laughs> and the name actually doesn't come from um, um, what we we think it comes from. <laughs> so it's it uh, this this little candy uh, has a recipe dating back to 1925. And when a guy called Pietro Negro, so it basically translates as. Uh, Peter Black, Peter Black. Um, in Subotica, which is currently in Serbia, realized some of the stuff uh, that's left over from making different cookie uh, candies could be improved by adding um, an, um, anise. Is that is that how you say it? Aniseed. Aniseed. Yeah. 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 And uh, the actual recipe is still unknown uh, to the public, but it has been marketed ever since uh, that that invention. And uh, the color is is widely thought to originate from active carbon. And uh, menthol is added um, uh, as uh, part of the recipe. And in 1958, another thing happened uh, with it, that it started to be referred to as the chimney sweep of the throat. Yeah, and, and it's not racist at all, yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> chimney sweep of the throat. That's and really it, a slogan I wish I would have yeah. And it has been used since as, an, as a popular everyday kind of a remedy um, to a sore throat, coughing, and, and that kind of stuff, without any kind of evidence in support of that. Um, it has uh, activated charcoal. Yeah, uh, activated yeah. charcoal, yeah. But yeah, <laughs> diarrhea was not mentioned there. <laughs> so I mean, it's, it's sweeping on the way out as well, you know. It, it... Yeah, so um, for a long time, it was it was a state monopoly to, to produce it. And uh, it was for a long, long time, the most popular kind of candy in the country, <laughs> possibly because it was the only one available. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> In other yeah, news, so this is called Negro. Yeah, in other news, the Swedish candy, I forgot to say, translates to jungle scream. That's what they call <laughs> it. And based on the faces we saw here, I think, <laughs> yeah. I think it's a good, good, good name. You did it. You want a kazoo? Which one, the jungle scream? Okay, Mark Pentler likes the jungle screen. Okay. Okay, right. nice. Oh, and some oh. others. Oh, yeah. hold, hold your really votes, folks. We're kind of, we'll come to that. No, no, I, I, I think right. that we should actually comment on is that it proves that skeptics are sadists and uh, masochists. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, yeah, okay. You, you I, I'm a sadist. sadist and you're the masochist, yeah. yeah. Hey, by the way, Bef these um, really black ones? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> there you go, they're excellent. All right, you heard it here. I was before. wrong. <laughs> really wrong. Yeah. <laughs> That's an acquired taste. Seriously, yeah. yeah. You've had that before. Wow. Without that. Before this gets completely out of hand, uh, let's move on to our regular segment. Uh, the first of which is this week in skepticism. And sorry about that, but I, it, it means that I'll, I'm going to be talking for a, for a little while again. Shall um, I do the So, yeah, uh, I'm going to do that. <laughs> Very well. <laughs> Very well. We, Jesus, uh, Jesus sheath to make sure there's no uh, spread of infection. So you can you can unwrap it if you want, Jay. What's that? You can un unwrap it. If yeah, you I just want. didn't want to get it in the microphone. I'm ready. <laughs> so uh, you're going to have lots of opportunities to give it a try. Uh, so uh, let's see what happened this week in skepticism, or um, yeah, should I say, let's talk about a piece of skeptic history. 
Um, this item I find uh, particularly interesting uh, as it connects nicely with my field of, uh, of uh, expertise, which is tourism. And you all know that uh, the, the Shroud of Turin is a very well-known kind of relic in the Catholic Church. Uh, you, you are familiar with that, aren't you? Okay. So it is a piece of linen that supposedly bears the blood stained imprint of the dead Christ following his crucifixion. Uh, now, on uh, the, the 13th of October 1988, which is, uh, well, almost, uh, it was um, 40 years, uh, 30 years ago yesterday, um, a press conference was held uh, by the Archbishop of Turin, which is in Italy, of course, revealing the result of three independent radiocarbon dating um, analyses performed on tiny pieces of the linen. And they determined whether it could have originated from the time of Christ. And the results showed that, well, the object was woven between 1260 and 1390. So a little bit later than we yeah. know Christ <laughs> to have lived. Um, so 1390 of the, the, the year of our Lord. Uh, so that indicates it was, it was not pro pro possibly not more than um, um, a medieval hoax. Uh, which, by the way, uh, was also the opinion of a local bishop uh, back in, uh, the 13, in 1390. Um, who would dismiss it as forgery back in the time. Well, the radio carbon dating seems absolutely consistent with his opinion, and although the Catholic Church does not officially recognize the, the Shroud of Turin as a genuine relic, um, uh, several popes have added to the myth of it. Uh, John Paul II, for example, by um, um, stating that it is a truly mysterious image which no human artistry was capable of producing. In some inexplicable way, it appeared imprinted upon cloth and claimed to show the true face of Christ, the crucified and risen Lord. Well, um, yeah, Benedict XVI uh, and uh, Francis, uh, Pope Francis added um, and played along to satisfy the needs of, uh, of the believers by either um, calling it a mirror of the gospel or uh, actually going to Turin and, um, and praying in front of the, the, the Shroud of Turin uh, in public. So that is, I think, um, very much about playing along uh, with this myth, um, which is, by the way, the, the Shroud of Turin is held under um, bulletproof glass and it's um, a very, very well secured uh, kind of relic. So, but as for uh, Darth Ratzinger's statement, um, if you if you know whom I'm referring to, uh, Pope Benedict XVI um, uh, about it being um, a, a very important piece, uh, it was an epic fail, um, especially after the uh, 2010. Uh, when a certain Italian chemist by the name Professor Luigi Garlaschelli, hands up who, who, who has heard that name. He's a brilliant chemist uh, who's uh, also a member of CICAP, the Italian um, Committee for the Investigation of Pseudosciences. We heard of, of that from Massimo Polidoro yesterday, and whom we interviewed on, the, on, on this show, by the way. Um, and you can look it up. I don't remember which episode it was, never mind. Um, and he produced an actual copy of it using only material that was available in the time of Christ. And um, it was a perfect copy. 
So it showed that it could be uh, forged and, and, and made artificially. So, uh, but the latest news are very recent. Uh, they are from uh, this, uh, this year, uh, this summer actually, uh, July this year. Uh, when they found out that, uh, well, it was, I, I would consider that, that piece of news the last nail of the coffin of this, uh, of this case. Uh, see what I did there? Okay. Um, so it was published in July uh, 2018 when they found out that the blood marks um, that you can see on the shroud don't correlate with the kind of marks a crucified body would leave. So uh, there you go a piece of skeptical history from 30 years ago when the, the, that press conference was held in Turin, 13th of October, 1988. So Thank was the, the process, um, I saw, I think I saw the show that you, that you mentioned. Um, and yeah, the it process was, on, uh, was when, when National they, Geographic, they, yeah. They lay it down on like, uh, like a hot rock, like they make the carving in a rock and they lay it down and it kind of burns the uh, fabric a little bit. Like it, yeah. it, it, yep. Now I also read that you know people, true believers, are saying like you know when Jesus was, you know, brought to heaven, you know, his spirit left his body, it, it you know, it left that mark. You know, something metaphysical about the mark on there. Yeah, but the the problem is that the linen itself dates from the 13th or, or the 14th yeah, exactly. century, so yeah. a little bit later than than the time of our Lord. Good work no, by I, the skeptical bishop, though. I'm uh, I'm impressed by that. Yeah, well, they're, but they're they're not, they don't like take naming something an artifact lightly, which is pretty cool. I mean, they definitely like are strict. They don't want to take anything in. They want it to be legitimized, whatever their process is, but they reject a lot of, you know, relic claims. But at this point, it pretty much is a relic, right? It's, it's yes, ancient. Yes, it is. It's considered it's, that by the, by the believers, yeah. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's part of our hi collective history. Yeah. And you know, it is beautiful. Yeah. I appreciate it. I think the imagery is really awesome. It is a piece of art in its own right, even though it was faked, it was probably faked. And millions of pilgrims, <laughs> millions of pilgrims come and visit the, the shrine where it's held. So uh, it's, even though it's not officially recognized by the, the church, uh, it's still considered a proper relic. There was a question from the audience. Yeah. The question was whether it's, it is real blood uh, on, on the shroud. It's, it's not well established whether it is. Uh, and that's, um, um, Luigi Garlaskelli gave a, a very good talk about, uh, of, on that uh, last year at Chicap Fest, where uh, he said that the, the problem was that it's not, they are not allowed to do any kind of investigation. So it was a, a lucky thing to have those little pieces that the radiocarbon dating uh, required, but in order for it, for it to be determined whether it is proper blood, uh, you would need much more of that, and they are not being given the shroud. Do we, do uh, we sorry, know which we blood to... type Jesus was? Excuse me? Do we know which blood type Jesus was? <laughs> the universal one? Or... Universal, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or H red, positive red, white, and negative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> Uh, at the same time. So, moving on. Uh, so, sorry, sorry we, we, we're going to have to move on. Uh, but later on, if we, if we have time, we will uh, leave room for, for you uh, guys to, to ask questions. Yeah, don't get so, your hopes up. Let me do that, because now we're moving on to the news items. And we're, we're going to uh, start with Claire. But first, let me do the segue. I think the audience prefer the kazoo method, but that's right. fine. I prefer a clear tune. <laughs> so, um, can I? Yep. Yeah, good. Okay, so um, 
I have a news item about a very cool discovery that has been made by a mixed team of, uh, team of mixed national researchers from Czech Republic, Belgium, and the USA. And it concerns uh, children's leukemia, mixed lineage leukemia. Um, so I'll try to explain this as much as possible. I am in, in no way do I, uh, am I a biologist or a medical professional, so please bear with me. What they were studying is the LEDGF slash P75 protein. And <laughs> you exactly know what I'm talking protein. about. <laughs> yeah. And uh, what this thing, a protein does is that it connects other proteins to parts of the DNA. Um, but and this, its function has been abused by the HIV virus, and it also serves to, uh, for the MLL, the mixed lineage leukemia, to multiply somehow, or to develop. Sorry, not multiply to develop. So they've been studying the relationship of, of how does LEDGF uh, slash P75 create its relationships with other proteins, and they finally got, uh, they finally found, they made it DTR, the relationship, um, and they found out that think because of this, uh, they're able to create new treatment strategies, more effective treatment strategies, both for uh, children's leukemia and, and then possibly in the future for HIV as well. Um, the reason why I think even it's like the first discovery of many, uh, but it's a kind of this, the type of discovery that's going to be presented in the media as, oh, they have found a cure for cancer, and then not again, right? Mm. So this is kind of those news items that uh, uh, get really blown out of proportion. And it's difficult to understand what exactly the point is here, and kind of gives people false hope, and then the, the destroys it, which, with which it also kind of destroys the hope in science. Because, oh yeah, they already said they found a cure for cancer, or they're gonna say, oh yeah, they probably shot those people or something, right? Um, big Pharma. So, yeah, it's just one of those new decisions to watch out for, and so you guys now know what it is that, and if someone tells you, oh yeah, they found a cure for cancer, you say, no, it's just the LEDGF slash P75 has <laughs> relationship to something else. But it's a great discovery, and I'm sure lots of other research will be done based on this, and maybe in the future we can actually find a cure for this particular, or a better treatment for this particular cancer. Yeah, right. Okay, uh, we move over to Denmark. We're same topic, cancer, but they have, we have a cancer quack. Uh, he has been accused for fr of fraud. <laughs> Go figure. No, and the reason is not that, I mean, he's doing all the bullshit treatment. I don't, go, don't even want to go into the it's, it's common things that we remember, you know, uh, we know about already. But uh, the thing is that they have found out that on his, uh, on his website and on his social media, etc., he's, he's having, of course, anecdotes, because that's how you sell that kind of treatment. Uh, it's just that somebody found out that the two main anecdotes that he has, and still had the day before yesterday on his webpage, was about two people that he did treat that died two years ago. And he still ha uses them as, a, as an example of... How do, how, how, what does that do to the family of those people? You know, knowing that they died and he's still using them as success stories for his bullshit. Well, I guess that depends, because sometimes the families, they don't want to uh, believe that they chose the wrong treatment, and they then Could double be. down after the death yeah. of their loved one. Unfortunately, they kind of take it on to their, themselves, being that they shouldn't, did, didn't do enough. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it's, it's awful, mm -hmm. this, just both ways. Even if, if it's the family who's really pissed at him, or the family that has somehow accepted him, yeah, there's know. no good outcome. Yeah. Well, I'm sure he charged them a lot of money to begin with. The story doesn't 
tell, but yes. Yeah, but you usually, you yes. know. It's rarely for free. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah, it's really yeah, yeah. Except you have to pay for and this. Once, once you've paid for something, uh, you won't admit that easily that, that you've been fooled. Um, it's, you're, you're making up all kinds of, but but the, of different explanations as the, to why. The story is a great microcosm just of pseudoscience, right? Yes. Because you have someone who's uh, using a medication off-label to, to treat cancer. We see this all the time. I mean, it's, mm. it's, it's the whole scam. But then he's taking advantage of people to get them to spend money. He's using whatever marketing he can get his hands on mm. on the website. He doesn't care that those people are wrongly on the website. I mean, mm. he's wrongly using the stuff, and he knows that they died. You yeah. know, I'm sure he, I'm sure he knows because they were his patients. Yes. So it, it, it kind of peels back you know, some of the uh, veil of what's really going on in his office is he's making money, and mm. that's, that's the number one priority. Uh, hopefully he won't make as much money now, yeah. but when it's out there. But on the other hand, for example, in, in my country, in Hungary, we have this uh, office of, uh, this, uh, this is a, a very well-known authority in Hungary, which is called the, the Office of uh, uh, Competition, and uh, I've, I've talked about that on the show a couple of times. And when they find someone for, for making uh, unsubstantiated claims and getting, um, well, a, a better position on the market um, by, by those claims, they just pay the fines and go on doing the same thing that they've 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 done before, and uh, and it's mostly it's not even a great sum for them, uh, based no. on how much they make with those lies. Part and, of top, part and, of doing the business. Yeah, absolutely. All right, um, moving on to to my segment now. Now um, I put my feelers out for some nice, interesting stories from across Europe. Brit Hermes told me some interesting stuff about homeopathy regulation in Germany. Our French correspondent, Laura Stenhouse, gave me some nice snippets as well. Um, I got a great piece of information from uh, Diana Barbosa about the fact that their book has now been recommended by the government. Woo! Don't be fooled. Woo, indeed, exactly, yeah. right. But I, I'm going to hijack <laughs> my, my news segment um, to give you an important piece of news about the future of the sceptic movement in Scotland. So, the reason why... <laughs> sorry, I'll get to it, don't worry. The I'm just sorry, the, the book, maybe not everyone knows, just so Diana's book is in Portugal, and it's a book about critical thinking that was done by the Portuguese skeptics. It is indeed. And now it's recommended by the Portuguese government, just to yeah. Yeah, give the details. You're not going to make me try yeah. and pronounce the name of that book, are you? No, I'm, no I don't that, know. I can that's do it not going to go well, right? <laughs> she is not, but I am. Uh, yeah. <laughs> 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 All right, okay, here we go. Uh, uh, it is called... Now say Dixie in Ganar. I think you're insulting think someone's it. mother, probably. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> no, don't ever say that again. It sounded like a sort of a... Wait, wait, just to clarify, was that in English? No, no. <laughs> it was Portuguese. I mean, it might have sounded like one of the low-budget spells in a Harry Potter movie, but <laughs> it was, that was my attempted Portuguese, right? Okay, but... So the reason why I was late getting to QED, we didn't, I missed most of Skepticamp, was because my wife and I were at the hospital. Turns out she's got a little parasite growing inside of her, uh, which should be expelled sometime in April of next year, right? So there's a, a little... Thank you. All right. So there's, thank you so much, there's, there's a little miniature ego skeptic on the way, right? Um, but here's the thing, I'm 44 years of age and I had a vasectomy when I was 27. So can any of you skeptics figure out how this happened? 
I think we've got lots of examples. I've had miracles. Can you draw some diagrams for me, maybe? Yeah. No, so, okay, I so, think you should read the Bible. So, yeah, so no, that we did not get the milkman to chuck one upper. That was not what we did, right? Um, I, d I did get a, a volunteer uh, of a donor from a Swedish friend of mine, not Pontus, all right? <laughs> I'm, I'm sure his seat is fine, right? Okay. <laughs> it's a little bit like, anyway, don't worry. Um, so yeah, like, so we, we tried everything. We tried homeopathy, we tried prayer, we tried Reiki to see if we could, you know, but no, um, unfortunately we had to resort to good old fucking science to get this going, right? So. There's a, a lovely little procedure where they knock me on the head with some lovely anaesthetic and then they fish up inside me because apparently there's some little swimmers still in there, right? Um, and then implant it into my wife. So um, I also had to pump her with um, <laughs> hormones for a couple of weeks. And believe me, those were the only injections that she was getting from me for quite some time, all right? Um, but yeah, I just wanted to say uh, a big thanks to science and to Big Pharma, because if it wasn't for them, this little ego would not be on the way. So if you guys could join me in a little, we know they do some bad stuff, but can I just have a little polite but cautious round of applause for Big Pharma, please? <laughs> Thank you very much. Can I ask something? Wow. Uh, Does it involve any diagrams? Point, any point or time, uh, was there a writing with is a semen involved? <laughs> <laughs> there, there was no, there was no semen writing. I mean, not, not deliberate anyway. You know, <laughs> if you take a look at the curtains with a UV light, you might be unpleasant in my house. But uh, no, there was none of that going on. Okay, over to you. All right. So um, on to Hungary. We keep talking about the importance of getting the attention of young people and, uh, and educating them into critical thinking, right? Uh, well, while the country is heading exactly the opposite direction, <laughs> as, as I uh, mentioned earlier, with the latest curricula and everything, the above-mentioned um, need now seems to have been um, recognized by one of the most prominent universities of Hungary, which is the University of Szeged. And the fac faculty of uh, pharmacology of this uh, university, there you go, what? <laughs> the, fa the faculty of pharmacology faculty, um, is next door, and uh, you know, wear protection when you go in there. Oh yeah. I, I'm sorry. Just like um, normally, when I like co-host with you guys, it's like never this dirty. Like, <laughs> because you've, you've, you've never you've been on never with me before, it. Claire. <laughs> you've ne never done it with Brian on as no. well. So, <laughs> podcasting that is. She's never. Oh, <laughs> uh, yep. <laughs> That's what we're talking about again. Uh, so uh, they issued um, a call for short essays to be written up by uh, by students between the age of fourteen and eighteen on any kind of quackery, coupled with an explanation as to why it is pseudoscience and uh, what the current stand of the scientific community is regarding that that topic. So. I think that is a very good example of how to uh, get these these children, these students engaged. They're not children anymore. Um, the required length of these essays is a maximum of 4,000 characters, so it's not very long. Uh, and they have until the, the 1st of, of March to register and actually hand in their essays. And what's even more interesting 
is that they want them to be well prepared in order to uh, to uh, compete in an oral uh, round of this whole thing as well. Okay, I, I was just afraid that it would probably make a comment or something. Um, so an oral round will follow this, and they, they would actually have to uh, speak up against that kind of quackery and pseudoscientific topic. Uh, so I don't see a better way than this to, to educate them and to help them educate themselves into how pseudoscience works. So, um, yeah, I'd like to, I, I, I wanted to share this as, as a very positive kind of news item here. Good news from Hungary, who would have thought? Yeah, yeah who would have thought? Yeah, so on to Pontus, who likes poking the Pope, so why not? <laughs> so, we have actually yet another surprise Another guest special guest. Here. So we have Pope Francis the Bobblehead. It's a beautiful stat yeah, statue, cool. actually. I really like it. So, uh, the Pope, of course, has problems at the moment. The sexual abuse scandals are, are coming down all over the place. And his, um, you know, you know what his solution to this is, is that we need to pray more. So yeah. I mentioned uh, he's, he instituted all the month of October is a, what do they call it, not the rosary month, but something where you do the rosaries every, every day. And he wants everybody, all Catholics in the world to help him pray. Um, but it doesn't seem to work. <laughs> it's, strange, it's more and more. So, and um, you can see in the US there was a study published uh, very recently to see how the, the how his uh, approval rates have plummeted. It was 54% in, in uh, 2014 and now it's down to 30. So it's really hurting uh, him. And, and we have, um, there was also uh, last week an episode of South Park which made fun of the whole, uh, you know, abuse scandals where the local priest in the universe that they have there in, in, in uh, South Park was falsely accused for being a pedophile and the Catholic Church sent out the cover-up team. Turns out he's, he's innocent, but they don't believe him. I think that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, that's great. It's great. So not even, the, not even the Catholic Church believes that this is. So it's almost like the only thing that can make things worse for, for the Pope is to be invited like to North Korea by King Jong-un. But that happened as well <laughs> this week. Um, and but you know, it's easy to poke the Pope, and I, I like to do that, and we do that quite a lot. But just to remind ourselves, he is not the n nice grandfather figure that, that he wants to be portrayed as, because this Wednesday, as an example, he went on the record and compared abortion with hiring a paid killer. So that's the man we're poking every week. So he, he still deserves it. So my, my question is, so he, is very well aware, I think, of the depth of the pedophilia that's going on. And, Must and, be. And, yeah. you know, it's not just that. It's, it's not just pedophilia. It's you know, sexual abuse in general. Yeah. And his solution was to ask people to pray, mm -hmm. which I know he knows isn't going to do anything. Yeah. Like, this is an administrative problem. This is a problem that humans handle in other areas all the time. We have to do something about it. And he's like, instead of actually saying, hey, let's clean this out, Let's, let's come, you know, let, let's bring it above boards and let's stop like, shuffling people around and, and doing cover-ups and stuff. Let's, you know, I don't know, do the yeah. right thing. And he says, we're going to put it on everyone else to pray. And now he gets this 
out of you didn't pray hard enough. Yeah. The only people that are harder actually are the pedophiles. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well done. That was that was well really done. Uh, boom. Well done. Well, even I wasn't going to go there, but well, well done, Jay. Thank it, you. But it's also like no one saw that coming. He doesn't even pray for there to be no scandals. He's uh, he's actually saying we have to pray to stop the great accuser for for making this public. So for making this public is my addition, but he's, he, we have to stop the great accuser. Yeah. It's not saying, let's pray so the pedophiles aren't pedophiles anymore. As ridiculous as that is, right? No, you're, you're right. He's basically saying, let's stop the devil and the devil's machinations so we don't have to basically do anything. Yeah. But I, I do think that the great accuser, this expression, has a double meaning by now. So it doesn't only mean that it's a devil. The great accuser works as the big farmer now. Yeah. So it's an equivalent to... Uh, I know the great accuser is the public who accuses them of doing that. Yeah, or the media or whatever, right? Could be uh, the great accuser. Yeah. yeah. So I, I'm pretty sure that it has, he has a very good reason to use that expression yeah. instead of uh, other versions of, of naming the devil. Yeah. Uh, Commented on his Wednesday proclamation, there was a, a very good deep dive research article on the conversation about uh, the church's uh, approach to uh, contraceptives. And in the 17th century, um, the church actually condoned them because they understood that some families just have to limit the amount of kids that they have. And it wasn't un until later that they decided that it's the work of the devil, which was in the 1920, like the uh, 1920th uh, Vatican, uh, century Vatican con councils. Mm -hmm. Well, their numbers are going down because the, you know, the millennials and the next generation are not buying into this BS anymore. Yeah. I mean, it's really pathetic. You, I mean, that, that aggravates me to no end. That's, that was his response. Let's pray more. Yeah. What a jerk. Yeah. Like, what, <laughs> what the hell is that? Yeah. Yeah. So we are going to continue to poke the Pope here on a weekly basis. And you, after the show, you're welcome to come up and give him a... Yeah. <laughs> Poke away after the show, folks. It's always good advice. Right. Thank you very much. Pontus. Hello. On to. Yes. Please hire them as musicians. <laughs> they are brilliant. Yeah. Okay, so we're moving on to uh, the really wrong segment now. Um, now, judging by the activity in the bar area last night and the night before, um, I think the attendees at QED like, like a little drink. Any vodka fans out there? Any fans of the vodka? We know Jay's cup is full of it right now. Uh, oh no, it's empty, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't when you Hi, came in. Security, can we have a, a refill for Mr. Novella, please? <laughs> okay, so um, this article came from the American Council on Science and Health, and the headline is, Smirnoff rejects GMOs and science too. So this um, is an infuriating ad um, that, that featured Ameri American treasures in quotes there, uh, Ted Danson uh, off of Cheers and Jenna Fisher off of the American office, I believe, um, uh, talking about the fact that um, Smirnoff are announcing now that their vodka is now made with non-GMO corn. Wow. Step it up, folks. Okay. Um, so why, why are Smirnoff doing this? Well, it, it doesn't actually say why they're doing it um, in the press release. Um, it does, however, in a very short press release, mention the term non-GMO 32 times. Um, so <laughs> they would like to really emphasise how non-GMO their non-GMO vodka is. Um, and, you know, I think this, type, this audience here, you're already pretty clued up at the fact that there's no actual um, health damage from, uh, or no from known. Vodka? Well, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll get to that, right? Yeah, okay, so 
from the NHS website, drinking alcohol can put you at increased risks of um, cancers of the mouth, throat and breast, stroke, heart disease, liver disease, brain damage, damage to the nervous system, and most importantly of all, making a twat of yourself in the bar <laughs> last night. Okay? Um, and, uh, and if you balance that out with the associated health risks with GMOs, Name one person that died from GMOs. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh, I've got my list right here. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, exactly. It's a very, very short list of fucking nobody, right? <laughs> so, uh, but there is even if that's not good enough news for you, um, in the press release as well, um, they also mention the fact that Smirnoff vodka has always, and I stress, always been gluten-free. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're seeing the marketing aspect of GMO just hit its stride now. Big time, yeah. And I'm not right? saying it's America's fault, but it seems to be a lot more prevalent over, over on your side of the no, ocean, I take is it, it not? I, I'm taking it. We own anti-GMO. Yeah. Really, it is our thing to fix. But, you know, yeah. good, good news for any alcoholics with celiac disease, you know, yeah. get stuck, <laughs> stuck into your Smirnoff. So anyway, for, for pandering to the organic lobby uh, and putting profit over science, Smirnoff gets this week's really wrong. Well deserved. Okay. <laughs> I I am just not good, good at blowing things. <laughs> this was a little I've bit more information. I've been sitting on that whole show. You heard it here first, folks, uh, or written in the toilets as well. Um. <laughs> oh, we do have an explicit tag. Yeah. <laughs> I think we need another one now. Yep. Yeah, double explicit tag. Okay, nice. Uh, so uh, before before we um, um, conclude the show, um, sh let's let's do a little bit of uh, of polling of the audience whether you liked our candies and confectionery or <laughs> not. So well, um, no, nobody's died. So. Because I think I think he's much of an expert, uh, much much more of an expert than, than we are in uh, polling the audience with the clapping thing. Uh, I'd like to ask Jay to, <laughs> to to do that do that polling of the audience. Oh yes, sure. So, sure. so with a single clap, if you enjoyed the uh, the biscuit, the Scottish shortbread, when, I, when my the hand Scottish goes shortbread. down, clap. We're gonna everybody practice with me one time. Ready? Okay. So if you like the shortbread, yes. if you like the Swedish treat. Oops. <laughs> if you like if you like the Hungarian candy and you if you like the delicious chocolate covered cookie layered. <laughs> oh, there it, it wasn't manipulative at all. That last that I last question. I saw, was... I saw that they're gone and people were literally smiling when they were eating it. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I had the the, uh, the shortbread. Awesome. Excellent. Love well, it, there's it. a pack there you can take away Thank with you. you, sir. Right? I really like that's you. your payment yeah, for appearing on this <laughs> show. You know, <laughs> Thank you. I'm sure there are Swedish candy left as well if you want to try. Yeah, I, you know, I, I got to tell you though, I went, to, I've been to Sweden many times, and I've sampled a ton of Swedish candies and stuff. And there's a lot of it I do like, right? Because I'm, I'm a quarter Swede. I don't know if any of you guys know that, but mm. I. So there's a couple of them, but I've had the ones that are like. Like you have to be born in the country to actually eat them, or else you could die. Type stuff, <laughs> and that is one of them. Your face was awesome. You put. Yeah. It's that initial coating, right? It's super salty on the outside. It's a shock yeah. at first, but yeah. <laughs> so, booze. Uh, if you need, 
if you feel like trying any of the drinks that we brought from our countries, uh, please stay behind <laughs> and after the show yeah. and uh, <laughs> and get wasted. We, we don't yeah. we don't we have, have any non-GMO vodka. I'm afraid. No, we had we had to add GMO to those for <laughs> the podcast listeners. Uh, three or you know two very large bottles. One medium-sized bottle and a whole rack of nips. Just yeah. came, just came <laughs> okay, so we, we've got some lovely whiskey from Scotland. Andras, what did you bring? Oh, we've got something you. that's yes. called uh, Unicum, and uh, that originates from the, the 18th century. And uh, Hungary. And uh, I'm from, from Sweden, we have a whole set of different uh, schnapses. I think that's 10 Svenska Nubar is what Svenska it says. Svenska Nubar. Svenska yeah. Nubar. Yeah. yeah, these are evil, by the way. I've had these yeah. in Sweden. No, yeah. man. And I brought Slovitz, which is a plum distillate, uh, 45% alcohol. And the reason why I'm not joining you in a toast is because I have to go to a panel, not because I'm worried I'm going to go blind if I drink it. <laughs> and from America, I brought Evian water. <laughs> <laughs> That'll help you after you've killed yourself over there. <laughs> All right. But so to finish off the show, I'd like to ask Claire to, to hit us with a quote. The basics are knowing which small steps to take. You can't start out planning world salvation from the get-go. You have to be ready to do grueling work. You have to find role models who will teach you how to think better. You can't always trust that you believe your, uh, what you believe yourself. Every truth starts off as a delusion. It can only become truth after it is critiqued. So this is a quote from Ladislav Hermatka, a Czech philosopher, and I thought it kind of encapsulates our skeptic movement and what we tried to do. Hmm. Say his name a little bit slower, please. Ladislav. Hromatka. Exactly Anyone wants to try that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like a delicious drink. Yeah. But, but back to the quote, being skeptic is hard work. Yeah. And that's why people are not. Yeah. I think that's how it... Yeah, it sums it, sums it, sums it up yeah. really well. Yeah. All right, I'd like to thank, uh, first of all, Claire Klingenberg, Pontus Buckman, Brian Ago, and Jay Novella. Thank you very much. And Andras. I'd like to thank our great, wonderful audience uh, here, and thanks very much for coming along. Thanks for joining us for our very first live recording of the ESP, and please keep listening to us and spread the word. Yeah. Uh, theesp.eu, espodcast underscore eu on Twitter. Please follow us. Please let us know what you think, and thank you very much again. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Come get some drinks. This has been your ESP experience. The show is produced and recorded by the ESP.eu. Join us again next time, but until then, please send your feedback, comments or death threats to info at the ESP.eu. We would also love to hear your ideas and suggestions regarding future episodes, as well as news from your country of residence that might interest others across the continent. If you have a local event or organization to promote, please don't hesitate to let us know, as we are more than happy to help. All music in the program was written and performed by Keisha J. Gray and George Rubb and is used with their permission. Please check out our webpage at www.theesp.eu, follow us on Twitter at espodcast underscore eu and like us on Facebook. I 
don't know how you can believe.